Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 82 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and want to welcome you back to another week of talking Undertaker merchandise, memories, and more. And if you have not done so already, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. I am available wherever podcasts are found. Follow me on Twitter at Collect, Collect Up Dead and on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man. Um, just a few quick notes about the uh, podcast before we get started into our episode. If you have not done so already, I have uploaded two watch-alongs, both on your uh, streaming platforms and on YouTube. Uh, first, uh, Randy Turco joins us for our monthly breakdown of Undertaker's um, gimmick matches where we went over the edge in 2008 with a double feature of The Undertaker battling Edge at ECW One Night Stand and then SummerSlam 2008. Um, so that is always fun to uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy uh, watching Undertaker's gimmick matches with Randy. Um, we will be having another one coming uh, your way in the next week or so. Uh, but right now, enjoy um, last month's watch-along with the double feature of the Edge matches. And um, I sat down with Keegan Dimitrovic again uh, a couple weeks ago, where we took a look back at one of the greatest triple threat matches in WWE history, uh, Vengeance 2002, where The Undertaker put up his undisputed championship against The Rock and Kurt Angle. Uh, so that was great to reconnect with Keegan and watch a awesome match with him. So that was, uh, hope you were able to check that out uh, both on YouTube and wherever podcasts are found. And um, this podcast uh, should be coming to you more, more frequently every other week. Um, just been busy with other things and getting over being sick about a month ago. So hopefully a more uh, regular schedule instead of monthly episodes, hopefully every other week. But um, you can, if I don't post new episodes, you can definitely be sure that I'll be posting watch-alongs to fill that void. So uh, let's jump right in to episode 82 and get started, as we always do, with Tales from the Grave. So Tales from the Grave, that's where we talk about any Undertaker news, any Undertaker figure news, and then we round it up with a top 5 or top 10 uh, list concerning the Undertaker at the end. So Undertaker news in the past month, uh, nothing really concerning the Undertaker himself, but mostly about uh, superstars giving interviews, talking about the Undertaker and his influence and desires to have matches with him. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, and Edge talked about how uh, they didn't think it was a good idea to have The Undertaker's streak ending, uh, which is, I think, a foregone conclusion by most of the wrestling world. Um, and if they, uh, Edge went a step further to say if, it did want, if they did want to end it, uh, Roman Reigns would have been a better choice than Lesnar, echoing Undertaker's same mentality. Uh, but Austin being fervently against that ending in the first place. Um, Omas and Drew McIntyre both, uh, one, having a desire to face The Undertaker in matches. Um, Drew McIntyre saying that he tries to um, 
convince the Undertaker every time he gets a chance to talk with him, and Omas uh, wanting to fight him as well as with Undertaker being his current mentor. Uh, you have Carmelo Hayes, a standout on NXT, saying that he has spoken to The Undertaker multiple times. Undertaker knowing who he is, helping him with his character, helping him with his matches. Um, just another way that Undertaker is always making himself readily available at the, not only the Performance Center, but for the NXT uh, wrestlers as well to just help them in um, their performance and their character development. So that's basically what The Undertaker news has been in the past month, just superstars talking about him in interviews or stuff like that. No concrete Undertaker news. Um, no One Dead Man shows planned for the near future. Hopefully there is one planned for SummerSlam weekend. That will be a surefire treat. Uh, but nothing... Um, Nothing put out by WWE or The Undertaker himself as of yet. Uh, Undertaker figure news. Uh, Greatest Hits Series 2 and Battle Pack Series 13 are shipping now from Ringside Collectibles. Um, I'll get more into that in weekly purchases. But if you have pre-ordered those uh, from Ringside, they are starting to ship. Um, Funko uh, Undertaker Brock Lesnar 2-pack. Will be shipping uh, within the next week from Amazon, so that is something to look forward to. Um, <clears throat> the Undertaker Gobbledygooker Ultimate Edition is scheduled now for release in September. I think it was scheduled for uh, November last uh, October, November when I pre-ordered it, but it is now scheduled to arrive sometime in September. Uh, so a, a bump up in release date is always welcome. And um, people are starting to get and post um, Ruthless Aggression Series 4. That is the series with Eric Bischoff, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Undertaker. Uh, no pre-orders up yet on Walmart's website uh, or Palmart shop. Uh, so I don't know where these people are finding it or where these people are grabbing it from. There was a rumor that these were available at WrestleMania Access, so I don't know if some people grabbed them early there and now just starting to resell them, um, but that is starting to pop up on people's Instagram pages, Macari and eBay. Um, I, of course, am holding out hope for uh, just finding it at Walmart or getting it at walmart.com, um, but we shall see what happens with that, if it even shows up uh, at Walmart because uh, we know how those exclusives can tend to get and um, the Undertaker Legends at Target.com uh, up still up for pre-order due to be released I think sometime in July or August so I can't wait to get that in my hands as well but uh, no other Undertaker um, Showings by Mattel recently. Um, don't know when the retros are going to be starting to be uh, come uh, for pre-order on Mattel Creations. No news on that yet, uh, but there is nothing new down the pipeline for anything Undertaker other than that. Um, but that is it. That's all the Undertaker news and figure news I have uh, for the last month. And um, we just jump right in to uh, the end of Tales from the Grave, and that is the top 10 
of the episode. And this episode's top five or top ten list, I think, is a timely one because uh, coming up next week is WWE's Night of Champions uh, pay-per-view. So it's very fitting that this week's uh, episode's top five list is my top five Undertaker Championship defenses. Yes, my top five Undertaker Championship defenses, which title matches do I enjoy going back and watching where he defends his championship and um, either retains or doesn't retain, just a match that is just fun to go back and rewatch. Uh, coming in at number five is Backlash 2007. The last man standing match where The Undertaker defends his World Heavyweight Championship against Batista. Um, I have done that watch along with a few people already. I have talked about that on my Backlash episodes and how much I enjoy that match. And there's really nothing more to say about the chemistry that Undertaker and Batista have uh, had with each other. Uh, But that's why I definitely put that at number five. Uh, with Undertaker and Batista at Backlash 2007. Coming in at number four, another Batista match, but two years later at TLC 2009 um, with the the Chairs match. Undertaker and Batista, two years older, but definitely different character uh, for Batista, a more edgier, heelish Batista. Uh, wanting the World Heavyweight Championship at any uh, means necessary, uh, willing to resort to low blow tactics, uh, kind of a sloppy finish, much like their uh, Backlash Last Man Standing match. Uh, but this one is, you know, I I, I like it uh, just a tad more than the Backlash match because you know Undertaker gets a good, uh, you know, a good clean finish here when it's restarted. Uh, he keeps his World Heavyweight Championship, and um, it's basically the swan song for the Undertaker-Batista rivalry. So that's why that match comes in at number four. Coming in at number three is Vengeance 2002. Uh, I talked about that at the top of the episode where I went back and watched it with Keegan just a couple weeks ago. Undertaker defending his Undisputed Championship against two legends, Kurt Angle and The Rock. Can't get a, uh, really can't get a more star-studded triple threat for the Ruthless Aggression era than The Rock, Kurt Angle, and The Undertaker. Them uh, stealing the, uh, each other's finishing moves, trying to uh, capture the title with each other's different finishing moves. Undertaker just barely losing the title to Rock. And no, it's picture perfect triple threat and really nothing more really to say about it that I didn't already say in that watch along with Keegan. That's why it comes in at number three. Coming in at number two, Backlash 2008. Uh, Edge and The Undertaker. Undertaker uh, uh, putting up his World Heavyweight Championship against Edge for a rematch from WrestleMania 24. Uh, Again, you can't say more about Undertaker and Edge's chemistry. They just click so well with Edge being just a dastardly heel uh, with La Familia and Vicky in his corner trying to uh, give the Undertaker a run for his money as he tried so very hard to break that streak just a a month prior to this match. And Undertaker uh, putting Edge away in the same fashion as he did at WrestleMania 
I uh, I love the uh, you know just the him putting him away with the Hell's Gate and Edge, you know, playing it up, you know, getting wheeled out on the on the gurney with bleeding from the mouth, trying you know showing how powerful that move is. Uh, so definitely um, definitely a fan of this match here, and I'll always always enjoy um, Undertaker's uh, later two thousands career. Uh, with this the world heavyweight championship matches and defenses uh, that's why this one comes in at number two so now that just leaves number one and what is number one you say well number one is a crucial uh, match for the undertaker's career and that is SummerSlam 1997 where the undertaker defends the world wrestling federation championship against bret hart with Shawn michaels as special guest referee uh, the Undertaker uh, riding high with a four and a half month uh, championship title reign, one of his longest, if not the longest. Uh, if if it I, it may be tied with his 2009 to 2010 reign, uh, but just that uh, riding high on that uh, long title reign, uh, going up against uh, a legend in Bret Hart with another legend as the special guest referee of Shawn Michaels. Um, just the the chemistry between Bret Hart and the Undertaker, Undertaker being the first one to break out of the sharpshooter, uh, you know, uh, harken back to the match at Royal Rumble 1996, uh, just the the good back and forth action with the uh, uh, with Undertaker and Hart and the predicament that Shawn Michaels is in that if he blatantly has Hart lose, he can never go for the championship again. Uh, he can't uh, fight for the title in the U.S. or something like that. There was some kind of stipulation on Shawn Michaels. Because uh, so, it was so heavily implied that Michaels was an Undertaker's corner. He didn't want Bret Hart to win the title. Um, and then that cheer shot heard round the world of Bret Hart ducking an Undertaker. Um, Shawn Michaels connecting with the cheer against the Undertaker. Uh, having him lose the championship. And then going uh, just being the igniting for the Shawn Michaels feud to bring us to Ground Zero, to bring us to Bad Blood, the Hell in the Cell, the debut of Kane, and everything else that comes afterwards. It is a definitely a pivotal match in The Undertaker's career, especially in his Attitude Era career. Um, that's why uh, it comes in at number one. So that is my top five list. Number five, Backlash 2007 against Batista. Number four, TLC Chairs Match 2009 against Batista. Number three, the uh, Vengeance 2002 Undisputed Championship Triple Threat Match against The Rock and Kurt Angle. Number two, Backlash 2008 against Edge. And number one, SummerSlam 1997 against Bret Hart. That is my top five list. I would love to know yours. Please let me know in the comments uh, when I post this episode to my Twitter and my Instagram pages. Um, I know a lot of my favorite defense uh, title matches just missed the cut. I know I'm a fan of King of the Ring 1999 where The Undertaker defended the title against The Rock. I'm a fan of uh, A Cold Day in Hell where The Undertaker uh, defended the World Championship against Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm a fan of um, the uh, Royal Rumble 2010 match where he faced uh, Rey Mysterio. 
there were so many good title defenses for The Undertaker. I, it was very hard to narrow it down to top five. Um, but those those other three just barely made the list. So I would love to know yours. Um, and also another one that barely made it. How can I forget the Raw ladder match against Jeff Hardy. So uh, that is my uh, top five list of Undertaker's World Championship defenses. I would love to know yours, as I have said. Maybe we have uh, almost the same list. Maybe we have totally different lists. That's what makes it fun. And I would love to know yours. But let's go right now to weekly purchases where I talk about what I picked up in the past month. Uh, weekly purchases, that's why I talk about what I picked up by way of eBay, Macari, uh, in stores, or what has been sent my way by my awesome listeners and friends just like you. Um, so uh, the main things that I have uh, received in the mail this past month is I received the Battle Pack uh, Series 13 Undertaker and Batista uh, from Ringside Collectibles, a uh, very interesting pack depicting their TLC chairs match in 2009. Uh, so it's always great to get an Undertaker battle pack with one of his best rivals in Batista. Um, so that was great to add to the collection. I also received Greatest Hits Series 2 Elite Undertaker, um, the revamp of his Hall of Champions Target exclusive. Uh, it looks much better in person than it is in the uh, glamour shots. I love that they put the tag title over his shoulder instead of him holding it across his chest. Um, I'm glad that they changed that um, the position of that in the package. Um, I received the um, just a couple things from my awesome friend Canaanite 10. He uh, gifted me the electronic... Uh, Attitude Raw's War Ring with uh, Austin and Undertaker minifigures. That's the, I remember having that handheld game as a kid, and I uh, I loved getting that from him. Uh, so I really enjoyed receiving that. Um, he also uh, sent me a Micro Bendum's uh, Pile Driver set of the Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he also uh, picked me up something. Um, that is on its way to me that I can't wait to, to uh, put in my collection. I will say it here. It's the all uh, Unmatched Fury Series 7. Uh, so that basically completes my Unmatched Fury Undertaker collection. Just now missing the 1 of 100. So I cannot thank Canaanite 10 enough uh, for all he picks up for me and sends my way. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, from Alex Dorio of Talking Taker. Uh, he uh, sent my way the Attitude Era Undertaker uh, digital watch. Uh, funny story about that is a watch my dad had. Um, just, you know, beginning into our wrestling fandom back in 1999. Um, so when I received that from Alex, it, it definitely was touching because uh, it reminded me of my dad having that watch. Uh, so I loved adding that to my collection. And uh, just a couple other things I picked up. Uh, well, I do have on pre-order the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar Funko Pop 2-pack, uh, which should be here uh, within this week. 
Um, I picked up the uh, Bendum's Grudge Match, Undertaker, and Mankind Famous Fights. Um, so that that basically finishes my uh, regular size Bendum's collection. It's just now uh, finding all the micro Bendum's crap. And the final two things for weekly purchases is one is a pre-order that I pre-ordered the new American Badass uh, Foco bobblehead. Uh, so I'm looking forward to adding that to my many bobbleheads in my collection. And also, not under, not exactly Undertaker related, but I picked up Paul E. Dangerously at Target, uh, which will pair well with my uh, Mean Mark Callis um, and display. So I am glad to add him to my collection. So that is it for my weekly purchases, weekly gifts, uh, anything else you may call it. I am looking forward to um, the other stuff I have on pre-order eventually arriving and eventually discussing that. So uh, that is it for now and we jump right into Taker's Mark where we talk about a Undertaker match of the night and pair it with a Undertaker action figure that best represents that match. Mark. Well, as I said um, in Tales from the Grave during my top five Undertaker countdown list, it is Night of Champions next week uh, for the WWE. And uh, funny enough, The Undertaker only fought on one Night of Champions pay-per-view. And that is Night of Champions 2010. Uh, he was scheduled for Night of Champions 2007. He was on the pay-per-view uh, poster along with Bobby Lashley and John Cena. Uh, that is until Edge cashed in on his uh, Money in the Bank and won the um, uh, World Heavyweight Championship from The Undertaker. Uh, which then they had to change the poster to Edge in the middle replacing The Undertaker uh, holding the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, but that I just found it really uh, amazing that uh, the Night of Champions uh, pay-per-view, The Undertaker only uh, appeared in one of them. Uh, and that is when he uh, fought Kane uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship. And um, that's the one where Undertaker had just returned from being in his uh, vegetative state, uh, he has uh, he he uh, at SummerSlam he returned to confront Rey Mysterio because uh, Kane had said Rey Mysterio was the one responsible. You know, playing off how it actually was, where Undertaker broke his nose in the Rey Mysterio match and was written off TV. Uh, but it turned out that Kane was the one behind it all along. You know, uh, little brother. Uh, getting some sort of revenge on Big Brother, so taking out The Undertaker from uh, WWE, taking him out of the championship uh, picture, and then Undertaker coming back to extract his revenge. So, you know, I remember this very vividly taking place in 2010 with the, uh, you know, just before the return of Paul Bearer, you know, Undertaker still weakened, uh, coming after Kane, this was take this took place at Rosemont, Illinois, so it was right in my backyard, and I was just completely shocked 
to see that The Undertaker lost. Because, you know, Undertaker coming back, Undertaker returning, usually Undertaker's on this high as we saw in 2009 at SummerSlam, coming back against CM Punk, he wins the title at Hell in the Cell, Undertaker is just on a, he's, it's The Undertaker returning, it's something grandiose and big, he should win the title. But Kane putting him away because Undertaker still weakened, he's still uh, still not revitalized, he needs that power that he's missing and that's eventually where they bring in Paul Bearer, but then Paul Bearer screws over The Undertaker and then it's a whole thing with that, with then the Hell in the Cell match and the Buried Alive match, where Undertaker doesn't really get any revenge on Kane. Which I always thought was not the best move. Canaanite, I know, will uh, debate me on this. This is, you know, he loves this storyline. He loves these matches for obvious reasons. Uh, so he, I know he will debate me on this. But um, The Undertaker not really extracting any, getting any revenge on Kane for putting him in that vegetative state. And you think Knight of Champions, Undertaker's going to win the World Heavyweight Championship from Kane. Kane is on this um, tear as a champion. Um, and, you know, he's just running through the roster. You think the Undertaker would be the one to finally put him in his place. Um, but, unfortunately, not. Um, but it's still, you know, it's the, still your typical Undertaker-Kane match. It is, you know, the back and forth uh, no holds barred brawling uh, up the ramp around the arena um, a good 18 minute 19 minute match uh, so it definitely was not quick but it's definitely you know your average uh, Undertaker Kane match length and a Kane putting the Undertaker away with a tombstone pile driver uh, you know it, it doesn't take um, it doesn't take a lot to um to defeat the Undertaker here, uh, you know, Undertaker um, performing a clothesline, performing a a choke slam to for these near falls on Kane, uh, but and then trying for the tombstone, but getting countered um, into Kane's tombstone for the victory. It, you know, it doesn't take two or three tombstones to put away the Undertaker; it just takes one, um, which is very interesting here and. Um, the Undertaker figure that best represents this, I would say, is the um, if you if you're going for an elite figure, I you know you can't go wrong with like the Elite Series 14, um, Elite Series 8 Undertaker that snarl Undertaker the the greatest hits Series One Undertaker would be a good uh, one to. Um, to that uh, depicts this match because he has that that type of cloak um, uh, as he comes to the arena to, uh, in this match. Um, so any of that type of uh, elite Undertaker, the one with the snarl or the the greatest hit series one, definitely um, will be a uh, a great representation for this match. But if you have not seen this match in a while, definitely give it a, a, a rewatch. You know, it's your Undertaker and Kane no holds barred brawling. It's you know can't say much more about that. Just wish that the Undertaker would have had the uh, upper hand here. 
But um, that's Taker's Mark for this week. Uh, let's go right now to Buried Alive, where I talk about a weird or what the F piece of Undertaker merchandise and drag it down to hell to be buried on the ash heap of Undertaker merchandise history. Now, you know this segment. This is the Buried Alive. This is where I talk about just a weird or what were they thinking piece of Undertaker merchandise. Uh, because, you know, Undertaker's had so much interesting pe uh, pieces of merchandise throughout the years. Um, you know, whether it be action figures, uh, clothing, apparel, hats, um, merchandise exclusive items, you know. There's so much, you know, weird or what the F pieces to choose from, and it doesn't all have to be vintage pieces because WWE Shop continues to put out just weird uh, Undertaker merchandise uh, on, on scenes like weekly, and the the latest piece that captures my eye is men's purple Undertaker boxer briefs. Um, they have. A picture of the Undertaker on the front crotch area and on the back side it says the Phenom uh, with two Undertaker symbols near the upper thighs um, so I don't know exactly what they were going for here but I think it would have been better just a tad bit better not too much better uh, if they were to put Phenom across the crotch area uh, just my personal opinion uh, the picture of the Undertaker on the front was not needed or necessary, uh, but they could have put the Phenom in the front and maybe the TX on the back if they really wanted to go that route. But that just proves, you know, it doesn't have to be vintage items to be a weird or what the F piece of merchandise. I talk about new items all the time, whether it be from Mattel, Foco, um, WWE Shop, um, there's no... There's no timeline of what these bad pieces of merchandise can fall under. And this is definitely one of them. This, these underwear that they came out with for The Undertaker. Not my cup of tea. I definitely would not buy this. I'm not big on clothing in my uh, collection. I only really collect caps or hats that deal with The Undertaker for my collection. Um, so this is not something I will be picking up. Um, it is a fun gag gift. I know they have a ton of these for the superstars. For Roman Reigns, Austin, and everybody else under the WWE umbrella. Um, but yeah, it's definitely interesting. And there's a ton more of stuff on WWE Shop that definitely can fall under this Buried Alive of the Week. Uh, just go on the WWE Shop Buried Alive of the Week. They have Undertaker sandals. They have Undertaker low-cut socks. They have a Undertaker baseball jersey with him as the Grim Reaper on the back. A, a purple beanie. Uh, a customizable banner, flag, and round clock. And a floor mat. I mean, it's... The, Talk about cashing in on the man. So uh, it's definitely a WWE shop buried alive of the week. Um, but definitely, if this suits your fancy, go grab a pair of Undertaker boxer briefs along with a baseball jersey, a purple beanie, and some low-cut socks. 
And hey, if you're in the right age group, pick up a pair of sandals as well to go with those Undertaker socks. Uh, but that is it for episode 82. A shorter episode this week just because there wasn't a lot of Undertaker news or figure news to talk about. Uh, but we will be back next time. Whatever that time will be, we will be back. Same Taker time, same Taker channel. As we keep on rolling, baby. Until next time, creatures of the night. See you out down the road to Death Valley. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at Collect Up Dead and on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling. <laughs>